Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is up, Nets world? We're back here on the Believe in Nets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network for the first episode of the 2023-24 season. We're one day out from the Nets' first game action of the season, a 129-126 loss to the Los Angeles Lakers out in Las Vegas, but a really fun and interesting game. Before we dive into that, just wanted to give you guys some news about this podcast. Going to be going really hard into producing this kind of content this year. Going to have a stable of recurring guests coming on the show, some people that are involved with the Nets organization and also possibly even some former players. So really excited to bring you guys more coverage on this kind of new kind of product that I'm trying to deliver. But getting right into the Nets' first preseason action and all the storylines coming in with that and also from the start of training camp, I think this has been a really positive last week for the Nets. And I think you saw a lot of things in that game yesterday that you really were hoping to. Particularly, it has to start with Ben Simmons, obviously, who came in and there's been a lot of hype surrounding Ben from last offseason into this year and just his improved health, all the things that he said. He was very open about what he went through last year, obviously played in only 42 games. Games, was eventually ruled out with that nerve impingement in his back. And he said this offseason that I was probably playing at points when I shouldn't have been last year. And he went through what it was like for him in his everyday day-to-day, just trying to sit down his back issues and what that did for him in terms of what he was able to do on the court. Jock Vaughn and him also opened up on their rocky relationship with each other. Vaughn said he later came to realize that he was expecting things of Ben that he was physically incapable of. And Simmons said that, you know, it was frustrating the lack of communication regarding his back. And he just felt like there was a disconnect there, but they were able to mend that this offseason. Vaughn told me and others that he went down to visit Simmons, I think three times, and they really talked about what the expectations were this year. And after that summer training in Miami, Simmons really looks like he has improved health, which shouldn't come as a surprise. I wrote an article earlier last year, and I posted it on Twitter this morning about it was a study on the NBA, the NBA players who underwent the same back surgery as Simmons, which is called a microdissectory, and it broke down the outcomes of those players. And I wrote an article on it, and basically what the study concluded was that players you know, had a large decrease in player efficiency rating, minutes played, other metrics in their first season after surgery, which for Simmons was last year. But it found that they typically returned to their normal level of play in the second post-operative season in terms of those metrics. So that's what we're kind of seeing with Simmons now is that in line with historical evidence of these players, he should expect an increase in health, explosiveness, productivity, all of that. And we're really seeing that early on. Now, will it be sustained over a large period? Remains to be seen, but definitely a positive in this game against Los Angeles last night. Had 10 points, three assists, a steal, 44 of six on field goals, two of four from the free throw line, did all of that in just 14 minutes. And what you noticed right off the bat with Ben was the things that he wasn't willing to do last year showing up early in this game. And that's the willingness to drive downhill, the willingness to initiate contact with defenders, and also some vertical explosiveness up to the back. So Ben gets the ball in the second play of the game. He drives at LeBron with a little hesitation, 
puts in a little righty baby hook. Then we had another play where he's cutting through for an end one, which I think is a really positive sign of him just cutting to the basket, actively seeking out opportunities to get his own shot, not afraid of getting to the free throw line. And then we saw a breakaway dunk, which I would say is probably Ben's most explosive dunk of his Nets tenure. His head was near the rim. We saw last year on a lot of alley-oops, a lot of plays, a lot of layups, Ben playing below the rim. And that was the biggest strength offensively of his Philadelphia days when he was a three-time All-Star is his ability to go at defenders, elevate towards the rim, and finish above them. So that was really positive to see on the dunk. Then we saw another play where he curled off a DHO, went hard to his left, went into Jackson Hayes, initiated some hard contact, a play that last year he often came up grabbing his back, but did it no problem this year, laid it in for an and one. So just very positive from Ben. He said post game that this was the best that he's felt in two years on the floor. All of his teammates, his coaches have been raving about what he's looked like in terms of the pace to want the Nets want to play at his ability to be explosive in transition during training camp so far. And I think that he justified that hype and he passed this first test of seeing some game action, his first game action since February in very impressive fashion. So Probably the number one thing that the Nets were hoping to see in this preseason action. And, you know, it happened early and often for them yesterday. Next guy I just want to touch on is Cam Thomas, who obviously received the surprise starting nod in place of the injured Cam Johnson. And he did not disappoint. 26 points, led all scorers, two assists, nine of 16 field goals, four of seven from the three-point line, four of four from the free throw line. And this was really a surprise that Cam, even to a lot of reporters and a lot of people who are close to the team, because if you've been following Jacques Vaughn's comments and Cam's comments, it's not always the most positive when, you know, in regards to talking about a guy like Cam, it's more so what we're expecting him from him. It's not necessarily negative, but it's more so from Vaughn. We need him to improve in these areas. He said openly on Thursday, we're not going to be an isolation basketball team. We're not built to win this way. And that's obviously been Thomas's main skill in his first two seasons and dating back to his lone season at LSU. But Vaughn comes out before the game. He names Thomas a starter. He speaks very highly of what he's done in training camp so far and says he's earned it. Ben Simmons also raved about his maturity earlier this week. And, you know, Cam really picked up where he started off, started off in terms of scoring. You know, I tweeted out during the game that wise men once said about basketball that it's about putting the ball in the hole. Cam Thomas has never had any trouble understanding that assignment. But I think what was really encouraging about this was the way that he did it, because the way he was able to play with the starting unit and play within the flow of the offense was really, it really was in line with what Jock Vaughn has been talking about. And that's something that we haven't seen from Cam, whether that's been circumstantial of him having to play in games where they're depleted and just needing him to score as a microwave guy. We've just seen a disconnect from what Vaughn has been saying that he wants from Cam and what we've seen from Cam on the court. But to, Yesterday, with that starting unit, we saw a catch-and-shoot corner three, which is something that he's going to have to do a lot of with that unit. We also saw him off, come off the pick-and-roll, score within the flow of the offense, and elevate for a pull-up jumper there. So not an isolation look. Within the flow, come off the pick, two dribbles, pull-up, bang. Then we saw some more of what Jock Vaughn has been looking for in terms of playmaking. Hit a cutting Ben Simmons for an end one late in the shot clock. He found Harry Giles open underneath for a layup with a really nice pass on a similar play. So... What you're hoping for with Cam in this starting units and with the starting unit in terms of playing with the offense, the Nets were able to see yesterday. And Ben Simmons had a really interesting quote after the game about Cam where he said, He's grown tremendously over the last few months, just his IQ, the way he's playing the game. I think he's slowed down a little bit. He's taking the right shots, finding guys when they're open, but at the same time, he's still being him. He's still able to get a bucket. So I think that's really what you saw. And then speaking of buckets, 
We saw plenty of that in the third quarter and plenty of that vintage cam that you saw in that three-game stretch where he scored 40-plus last season. He had 17 points in the third. He had two and ones, one driving to the hoop, one on a pull-up jumper. The sequence everybody has been talking about when him and Austin Reeves went back and forth, he hit three threes on three consecutive possessions. And granted, he gave up two threes in between those to Austin Reeves. was a little bit of listless defense. I think after Cam hit the third three, Jack Vaughn was like, all right, it's time to get some of the backups hit. He saw that Cam was starting to feel himself a little bit. It was like the defense was slipping. He's like, all right, let's shut it down for tonight. But overall, you know, I don't think – that Cam's defense was poor. I think that he was a little engaged there. Might have been a few lackadaisical possessions, as there were from plenty of people on the Nets roster. They gave up 129 points. But I think it was a really positive night from Cam in terms of him being able to play with that starting unit and him also being able to show that microwave scoring ability with the second unit. And I think that's really going to be you know, a theme of what we see, of a little bit of push and pull of how do the Nets use Cam. Because as we've seen – there's probably not a player on the Nets roster outside of maybe Mikael Bridges who has this kind of microwave scoring ability. And now after last night's game, we're already starting to hear the conversation of should Cam be a starter? Should he take Spencer Dinwiddie's spot in that unit? You know, and it's going to be that balance of do you have him in with the starters and playing more of a complementary role or do you really try to take advantage of his scoring ability and just let him cook with the second unit? If I had to give a position on the debate, I think the, the Nets land somewhere in between. I do not not expect Cam to start, but I think he will get minutes with that unit. He could potentially be even clo a closer as a guy who can get a bucket. But I think that they'll have him in with that second unit and they'll surround him with some of the athletic playmakers, defenders that they brought in, versatile long athletes like a Dennis Smith Jr., like a Lonnie Walker. You also obviously have Royce O'Neal, Dorian Finney-Smith, De'Ron Sharp. So if you put him in that unit and you insulate him with some shooters and high-level defenders, you're really able to take advantage of the best aspect of his skill set, which is obviously still his scoring. But the next step for Cam is going to be able, is being able to mend that skill set and push it into a unit like the net starters and be able to play that complementary role. So I think it was a real positive night for Cam Thomas. I think Jock Vaughn's decision, while it's only a preseason game, his decision to put him in that starting unit and his comments is indicative of a level of trust. And, you know, I, I would project in more expansive role this season in the rotation. And I think Cam's buy-in and his ability to do that just from comments from him, his play, and then comments from everybody else, it really does sound like this could be the year where Thomas could be in the rotation. And if he's in the right role and if he buys into that th those things, I don't see any reason that Cam can't take a leap similar to what we saw some other young guards in this league make, you know, a la uh, Tyrese Maxey, a Jordan Poole. Is Cam on that level? I don't think so as a player, but he's certainly on that level as a scorer. Can he round out those shortcomings and kind of bring himself closer to those other players? And if he can do that, which, you know, based on comments, it's indicating that he's committed to doing it. He's a very under the radar year three breakout candidate, in my opinion. And just with the two guys that I talked about just now, Ben Simmons and Cam Thomas, two guys that when the in the conversation surrounding the Nets outlook this season and long term, there has not been much discussion surrounding Ben Simmons. He's been somewhat of an afterthought. Similar with Cam Thomas, who was benched late last season. If these two guys can emerge and they can be positives for this team and really up their value, that is a huge, huge, huge development for the Nets in terms of their long-term outlook. And it could elevate them not only this year, but you know, going into the future, especially with the chest of assets they have 
you know, seven tradable first round picks, fourth most in the league, I think 11 over the next seven years. And those are some of those are some premium picks, you know, via Phoenix and Dallas unprotected far into the future. So very exciting development from those two. Just breaking down some of the other guys quickly. Nick Claxton looks solid three of three from the field, you know, had a couple of van ones, played good defense, had a few blocks. So, you know, good overall night from him. Spencer Dimwitty backed up the talk of his three point capabilities, especially in an off ball role that he's been talking about playing alongside Ben Simmons. He was four of six from deep hit two really ridiculous late shot clock threes that were kind of vintage 2018, 2019 Dinwiddie. Mikhail Bridges had an off night, two of seven from the field, but it more so looked like he was just getting a feel for this starting unit with Simmons and Claxton out there. And that's going to take time. And, you know, while Ben was a positive and thought he was really good, and this is to be expected in the first preseason game, I do think that it was noticeable that the spacing of that first unit is going to be a work in process with two non-shooters and Simmons and Claxton out there. And Jock Vaughn spoke about it last week. He said that when we have those two sharing the floor, we're going to really need to be particular about the guys we have out there. The other three, they're spacing. They're going to need to be premium shooters and, you know, it's really going to take some time for those guys to figure out their spots, figure out the flow of this offense because they called Ben Simmons the Ben Simmons the point guard, but he's still doing a lot of things where he could be DHO running some staggers with Nick Claxton screening for guys like Bridges or Thomas. So once those guys come off those actions, they're going to figure out where do they position themselves optimally to not be clogging the floor. So, you know, Bridges not the best night, but first preseason game to be expected and just limited action obviously. Last thing I wanted to touch on, if there was a negative from this game, it's obviously the defense and particularly the pick and roll defense, which has been a hot topic of conversation from Jock Vaughn and just the Nets big men and guards overall in training camp. We obviously know the Nets played nearly a switch everything scheme after trading Durant and Irving. And even honestly, before that last year, covering the pick and roll, Jock Vaughn has said that they're going to incorporate more drop coverage this year. And the aim of that, you know, just Explaining the drop coverage first, what that is, because I think we throw around that term as if all NBA fans know what that is. The drop coverage is when a guard or a ball handler comes off the pick and roll instead of the center switching or whoever's covering the screener switching or coming out on a high hedge or playing at the level of the screen. They kind of play in between, work their way back and are kind of trying to force a decision between that ball handler and the roll man as the guard covering the ball handler fights over or under that screen and tries to get back in front, allowing the big man to recover back to the roller. So that's kind of what the Nets are trying to implement. And the goal of that is two things. First, it's improving their rebounding, which they were the 28th ranked defensive rebounding team in the league. They've never been known for their rebounding. Jock Vaughn and uh, general manager Sean Marks spoke at the end of last year about the need to get bigger, nastier, you know, get you know, more bought into the boards and, you know, just going after defensive rebounds and boxing out. The Nets didn't bring in a center, but they brought in some long, versatile athletes, guys like Lonnie Walker, Darius Baisley, Trendon Watford, Dennis Smith Jr., a smaller guy, but a very physical and one of the most athletic point guards you're going to see in the league. So the purpose of that drop coverage is really keeping guys like Claxton or a Dayron Sharp back towards the rim so that when those shots go up, they're not switched on the perimeter with smaller guards stuck underneath on bigger bodies. They're near the the rim to get more defensive rebounds to be in position to box out and then secondly also to block shots if those guards are coming down so that's really the focus of this defense but we saw some growing pains with it because the next guards really had struggled really struggled navigating those high ball screens and 
you know, I expected it somewhat, but they gave up 12 first half threes on the way to the Lakers having 75 first half points. We saw, you know, D'Angelo Russell really caught fire with some of these Nets guards. Spencer Dinwiddie had a little trouble working under screens and giving up some pull up or step back threes. I think Dinwiddie had three of those. Dayron Sharp, who exited this game with an ankle injury, has had a little trouble, you know, in the pick and roll, whether it be switching or the drop coverage, gave up some rolls on some pocket passes to rolling big men for layups. But the growing pains are to be expected, but I would expect in this film session, Jock Vaughn, who's a defensive-minded guy, obviously, is going to have a lot to say with the guards about how we navigate those screens. You know, Spencer Dimwitty's a bigger guy. It's not exactly his strong suit, but he is capable, and I think he will improve just getting a feel for it. And then you also obviously have guys like Mikhail Bridges who can do that. Dennis Smith Jr. is one of the highest-rated point of defense point of attack defenders in the league last season. So I would expect that to improve. But if you're seeing some struggles from this Nets defense early on, I would attribute it likely to a lot of new faces, a lot of new guys trying to come in. And even from the guys who are in incumbents trying to learn this new scheme and adjust to the positioning of it. So, you know, it's going to be a big deal because this Nets team is not going to be, you know, one of the best offensive teams in the league. There's not a ton of three-level scoring on this roster. There's not a ton of closers. But what they're banking on, especially with Ben Simmons and Nick Claxton in that starting unit and with the guys they brought in, is being a top-10 defensive team, allowing, you know, taking those rebounds on grab-and-goes or generating steals and really generating pace, transition opportunities where they're able to get those cross matches and get easy looks at the basket to aid that offense. So, you know, Pick and roll defense, you know, the high pick and roll is the number one play run in the NBA. The way that teams defend it is at the core of their defensive principles. The Nets are mixing up that season, I think, for the better because they do need to improve their rebounding. And you should never just be married to one pick and roll defense, especially if it's a switch everything scheme. So I think it's a positive development for them. But I think in that development, you're going to see some real growing pains and you're going to see areas where the Nets need to improve uh, anything else I want to touch on? Um, Dayron Sharp, I said, left with an ankle injury. Looked like he rolled his left ankle a little bit. Nothing crazy. Was able to jog, kind of limp, but jog off the court in his own capacity. Jock Vaughn said nothing serious, but they're going to monitor that going forward. Uh, Cam Johnson, I also mentioned, went out with the hamstring, has not played you know, since the start of training camp. Jock Vaughn has continuously said it's nothing serious. They expect him to be ready for the uh, tip-off night, October 25th versus Cleveland, but they're just being cautious with them moving forward. So overall, a positive first preseason game for the Brooklyn Nets. And I think a lot of developments that you really were looking for in this first, you know, action of 2023-24. The Nets will be back in action Thursday. And, you know, we'll really see how Ben Simmons, how Cam Thomas, how some of these guys can carry that over as we inch closer to opening night. So that does it for this inaugural 2023-24 episode of Believe in Nets on the Believe Podcast Network, your one-stop shop for everything happening across the sports and entertainment world. I'm Eric Slater, Brooklyn Nets beat reporter for ClutchPoints.com. Going to have more coverage, news analysis on this podcast, as well as Twitter and ClutchPoints.com. I'm excited to bring you guys more of this content as the year goes on with some exciting new guests I hope to get on in the coming weeks. Signing off for now. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.